better than you. Good afternoon. Today is February 16th, 2022. My name is Greg Robinson, and I am the CEO and founder of Avar Capital Partners, and I am also the leader of the Who Better Than You podcast and channel. One time, AJ. Who better than you? Yes, sir. So today is an interesting day, right? Um, I've got some amazing individuals here with me. Um, I've got a special guest today. I got the one and only B. Schultz. Can't get it loud enough, right? Not, not when we start talking about having Bill Schultz in the building. Bill Schultz is the COO of, of our capital partners and is the most amazing individual I've ever met in my life, um, certainly thus far. Uh, and his insight is amazing. Um, I think you guys will be pleasant and happy with the content um, and the narrative that we're going to talk about today, because it's an interesting one, right, Bill? It is. And thank you for the kind words. I actually meant every word of it, right? Appreciate it. We also have Mike Garcia here, sales leader, right? Give us a different feel, a different touch for things. Um, he is, uh, we, you guys will see by the end of the podcast. <laughs> 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 and as we can't, without, we can't hold that back. On the ones and twos, fives and sixes, I got AJ. Hello. All right. <laughs> Hit that cue, baby. So, you know what, guys? Let's get into it because this one's this one's going to hit a little bit different, and I think it's 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 a conversation that needs to be had, right? So, the topic for today is: Can thought provokers increase engagement? And I'd like to consider myself as an individual that falls in that category, I'm more like a hybrid, right? Got a little instinct thing going with the thought provoker and leader, right? Um, but you know, it's it's a thing, and I think we spend so much time in today's world because things become cliche. So we spend so much time talking about thought leadership because that's the thing right now, right? Um, in my opinion, and I'm, we're going to bounce some things off of each other, thought leaders are after the fact, though, right? Um, so it's, in my opinion, it's another cliche thing, right? So right, everybody likes the sound of leader. It sounds very nice, pretty, it's right? flashy. It's leader, you know, for me, leader falls now into the same category of entrepreneur. So every 1099 right. yeah. is an entrepreneur now. Everybody and their mother is an entrepreneur now, right? Yeah. Without us, I mean, but are you really, right? Because <laughs> um, it, it's one of those things, like, uh, I, I talk about this all the time. We see it in a lot of markets, real estate, right? Uh, just because I have a real estate license doesn't mean that I'm a real estate salesperson. There's I'm credentialed to be one. Or you may be one and not be great at it. And not be great at it. You know how many licensed realtors I know that haven't sold anything ever? Everybody and their mother has a real estate license. Could be a majority, right, yeah. Right? Um, You know, all these writers that have never been published. Everybody's a writer now, right? Um, Just like everybody has to have a certain level of emotional intelligence now without the majority of people even truly knowing what that is. Right? It's just... Uh, you know, it be it's almost fad. It becomes a thing, right? Um, cancel culture, right? I mean, I think all of these things become a fad. Everything has become a form of abuse now. Your mom shaming me, dad shaming me, job shaming me, son shaming me, nephew shaming me. Any role that I have in life, you're shaming me in it if you say something that I don't like. Child shaming, educationally shaming, right? 
um, fat shaming, skinny shaming, and fake and shape shaming, like yeah. body shape shaming, right? Um, it's it's so th- thought leaders starting to fall in that realm. In my own personal opinion, I think anybody that has anything positive to say or anyone that's not scared to ask a question now is a thought leader. That's kind of how it falls into play now. Here's the hard part with that. My, my daughter, she's five. Her name is Ava. And she asks me a ton of questions all the time. She's not afraid to ask a question. So is she a, at not. five years old, is she a thought leader because she asks a ton of questions? <laughs> Perhaps a thought provoker. <laughs> Boom. In her own right. In her own right, right? So... I mean, I, I think it's something that we need to discuss, right? I, I, and I think it, it, it has its place. Um, but I am more interested because in what we're not talking about, thought provokers. For me, they're more powerful in my own personal opinion because they're not, they're not directing the herd. They're cultivating it. I think a thought leader is a powerful thing um, because most of the current topics and things that need to be really addressed and talked about that the public is talking about in a very broad way. It needs to be streamlined so that it can be actionable, right? Um, and a lot of times we don't have that. It's so we're, we're, um, it's, it's real, it's gonna be hard for me to stay diplomatic and have this conversation. So uh, the world will have to forgive me. So for perfect example, if we talk about uh, when we start looking at the power behind the Black Lives Movement, it needed to be streamlined in order for it to become a thing, in order for it to get real recognition, in order for it to become an actionable item, it needed to be streamlined. There have been well-documented 90 years worth of really good thought leadership in this country in regards to it, but it had never been organized and had been streamlined. And, and, and when I say organized and streamlined, I mean in a palatable fashion, because we know it had been organized one time before, but unfortunately speaking, that twice before, but unfortunately speaking, the infrastructure that it was organized in wasn't palatable, right? Um, and that, that's a, I want to have a career, so that's a topic of a, that we'll never touch. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it goes to show the power in it. And I think where, so I don't, in my own personal opinion, when we start asking, can thought provokers increase engagement? Yes, 110%. I think thought provokers are the engagement. They have to. They have to, right, Bill? My own personal opinion, I, I, I believe so. Yeah, if they, if you didn't have a thought provoker, you wouldn't have a thought leader. There is no, and 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 in and in my opinion, it's in that order. Without the provoking, there's nothing to lead, right? Because lead lead leadership that's an action word. There's actions that have to take place, so something needs to be provoked in order for every action has an equal and opposite reaction, right? Something needs to be provoked in order for leadership to be needed, right? So I think, you know, we, 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 we have to do it. And it's hard, right? Because it's one of those things um, where, yeah, yeah. Bill's going Bill, for me, the thought provoker is someone that, in my own personal opinion, I want you to chime for me. Mm-hmm. That's someone who can't be, you, you can't be afraid to be unliked. No, because you're expressing things that people not necessarily would like to hear. It's, it's a conversation starter in, in a subject that you are passionate about, whether it's you know work or whether it's a, a hobby or whatever it is. But in order for you know 
you to get those ideas across, they can't but necessarily be, you know, liked by everyone or unliked by everyone because, you know, someone can't has be to... worried about it. Right? No, not at yeah. all. I mean, if it, you're worried it, about it. You never put it out there. Exactly. I mean, so you're trying to get something, a point across, and you're trying to uh, see if someone's going to run with it, whether that's you or someone else or other like-minded people. Or unlike-minded people. A converse, the com- Here's the thing about the conversation. So Bill's got a really good point uh, by other like-minded people. But there's a W even in the opposition. The conversation is now started. We, I, I mean... Right, listen, almost like Freud. Yeah, almost like Freud. We... we we, we, so we can't get to figuring it out if we don't, right? The good thing about thought, so thought leadership, in my own personal opinion, should have an end result in action, right? But in order for us to get to the action, we need the conflict. So whether it's like-minded people or opposition, the good thing is, is once the conversation is not, not once the conversation is started, it, now that windmill is turning. Now that hamster reel is in motion, right? Because me and Bill talk about this all the time. So nobody's going to like 100% of anything that anybody says. It just doesn't work that way. And there's a balance of good and evil in life. So just like I, I can make a statement right now and I can find 100 people who can agree with me, I can find 150 that disagree. Right. And almost that, that disagreeing brings a little more power. That kicks off the conversation for real, right? We build now. It kind of reminds me a lot of uh, one of my favorite quotes ever. It's from P.T. Barnum that he says, there's no uh, bad press, only no press. So if whether it's good words you're said about them or bad words, it doesn't matter. It's still creating that excitement. And in, that, in his business, that's what he needed. He needed excitement created around his business. So it's, it, it's the same thing. And he was definitely a thought provoker. 110%. And unfortunately speaking, we can't say that he was liked all the time because absolutely of that. not you know what i mean that so that and that's the hard part right because thought leaders in my in my own experience i like to say that because i want to put the disclaimer this is not fact this is my opinion thought leaders want to be liked so that ain't gonna work <laughs> yeah, right you thought leaders want to be liked which is why they stay away from provoking unfortunately speaking um like i so bill and me and your dynamic I'm the CEO, right? So I'm the thought provoker. Bill's the thought leader, though, right? I'm the visionary. So I come up with these really great ideas, and sometimes they're not great. <laughs> right? They sound great when I say them. But um, it, it, it is Bill, in his capacity, then takes that as the thought leader, and he makes it real. He makes it tangible. He takes the vision. I put it on a canvas and he cleans it up real nice and he puts infrastructure behind it. He rallies the people give and he gives them their process, right, for how they do it, their confidence. He takes it to beta. So he's the, the real, he's the actual thought leader in our algorithm, right? I'm the thought provoker, though, I'm, but in my role. I'm the CEO of the company, right? So it's, it's visionary, right? I call Bill all the time and say, hey, Bill, I'm going to run something by you. It's a vision. then i come up with about 12 different ways to run with it and narrow it down until we find that one way that actually works right and and i and we have to so and and there has to be respect in both of those roles right um a foot again foot doctors tend to foots right i'm a thought provoker so the devil's in the details that's bill's thing and i have to trust the bill right i have and i have to allow bill to be the best at what it is that I'm entrusting in him, 
something, right? I, I, I have to. And we do a really good job, right? Because he stays in the leader, I stay in the provoker, and we have a synergy, right? Um, and so that's, and, and for me, in, in business is probably, especially business that's set up with real infrastructure, and business is probably the best way that you get to see the dynamic of thought leader and provoker play out. So, uh, me and you just having a conversation now. You know, I'm bad with names. Steve Jobs mm -hmm. was the thought provoker. Sure. The leader was? Uh, Joan Ivey, who was his lead engineer for, you know, 90% of uh, his career. Um, he didn't actually leave the company until after Jobs, I think, passed, actually. But um, he was the one who actually kind of put everything into motion, uh, you know, from the Lisa all the way through the iPhone. And... He uh, he made everything work. He came up with the the plans and the execution and the you know the operating systems and stuff. I mean, he was just absolutely amazing. Did not get half the credit that it was, but he liked that. He liked being the one that was kind of just in the background and you know made th made things work. Sounds like somebody else I know. <laughs> uh huh. <laughs> but. Um, yeah, I, it was a it was a fascinating relationship with those two. I'm reading his Steve Jobs' autobiography, but um, you know him and Wozniak had a great relationship too. And at that time when they were developing everything, they were both the uh, the uh, provokers and the leaders at that time. Because I, yeah, I want to bring that up. I I really I I like that there's a certain point at least where you kind of have to do both. You be you got to be a provoker to be a leader at some point. Well, absolutely. You know, like, great. Whenever the, the, this business first started, too, he was both at that time because it had to be someone pushing their, everyone to go in one direction and also actually to come up with the ideas on how to get everything to work, you know. To get things off the ground like that, sometimes you just need to, to do that dual role. And then once all of a sudden he, there's a light that clicks or a switch that clicks and says, you know what? all right, now I can take a step back and do what I actually do because I have the right people in place to do what they can do. And all of a sudden, then you have magic that happens. You have things that actually start going boom, 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 you know, right. um, because you just keep adding. And that's that's the goal is always to keep adding more people like that. That, uh, that are... Streamline, right? Especially uh, that are, you know, they're specialists in their own little fields and they keep adding those those pieces to it. Um, and then what, before, before you know it, you have a juggernaut of a, a company. Right. You know, and, and, and Bill said it the best. I mean, when it plays itself out, you end up with a juggernaut of a company. You know, and Bill said it best. So when, and when, it, when that machine is working and all its gears are really clicking, that's when you end up with a juggernaut. Right. Uh, but so thought leaders, you know, they tend to comment on events and developments that are already happening, right? They're elaborating. So they're elaborating. So there's there's no increasing of engagement. That the engagement's already there. Someone is stepping in and streamlining it now, so that they can, so that we can get real actionable items going behind it. You know, because everyone needs leadership. From from the, I mean, the president needs leadership, right? The king of a country still has his people that he confides in and his individuals that he goes to. And he consults with because every even all even leaders need leadership, right? So it it, it becomes an interesting thing, right? Twice the cabinet there for the president, but bang, right? Because he doesn't have all the answers. He's not the chief diplomat of all things. He's he's the front guy. They're, they're especially in their fields, right? He's good at moving the people, 
right? That isn't the, but that it takes more than one. And working between the people, right? Yeah, right. Because Chief there's diplomat, right? there's many streamlines, but if they can't work together, there's a a big conflict, you know. If you can't communicate between, right? That. Exactly. There has to be a continuity, and there's so much more to it than shaking hands and kissing babies, right? Yeah. So. Um, there's there's the ugly side of things too, and getting ice cream, right? And barbers and, and barbershop group talk, town hall meetings and things of that nature, right? And and rally cries that kind of feed on uh, the fears of the rest of the people, right? Um, that we're never going to bring the tradition anyway, right? <laughs> so it becomes, you know, it, it really does. It becomes a thing. But when we start talking about thought provokers. So a thought provoker is going to attach itself to a conversation that has almost no engagement. And when I say no engagement, it's probably going to be something in the realm that we're all thinking, but no one wants to say. Right? No, no one's, it's, it's a conversation that needs to be had and nobody's having it yet, but it needs to be had. Yep. Or they don't know what to say or even how to say it. Or how they feel. Right. Sure. Or what they feel. They know. We've all been in that gray area where we know that there's something. We just don't know exactly what that is. We can't. We haven't been able. It's the, the few times in life where algebra makes sense, right? Because we have to define the X now. So, but we know that there's an X. So there's a problem. There, 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 right, Mikey? There's an issue. Nobody knows what it is yet. They don't know how to feel about it yet. They haven't accepted how they feel about it yet. So they can't vocalize right. it. And it's it's hard sometimes to find that language that everybody can kind of understand but also uh, develop from not just you know say something that's going to make everyone upset but say something that's going to show that x and have everybody focus on that in their own way and sometimes they're looking for buy-in they're not confident yet you can upset them if you have to because you have to provide a solution right that's where i would say there's there's a a thin line between you know just getting people upset and getting people upset in a way that motivates them and that's the thing it, it, it's a thought that creates an opinion whether it's good or a bad opinion it, that at least gets the right. ball rolling right that's why there's almost no bad right Th that'd be speculative almost it's almost no bad right because we, we're still from a thought provoker standpoint we're still in the formula formulating phase right those things are, everything is still kind of coming and it's all a crazy puzzle. The provoker is the one who finally starts to organize the pieces, right? Because a lot of times for me, it's confidence, right? A lot of times you may, you feel how you feel. You haven't had the confidence to talk about it. No one has had the confidence to talk about it, right? So they haven't gotten any buy-in yet. So you're not sure if how you feel is the right way to feel. And then the provoker comes in and, oh, somebody else that feels like I feel. Right, and, that, and now we have alignment, alignment, right? The universe has now aligned itself. It's time to start having the conversation now and have the conversation in the masses, right? And now, now, now that we're having it in the masses and we've got opposition, we've got framework now, right, Bill? You look at it like a, a giant jigsaw puzzle and that uh, thought provoker does the frame of the, the giant jigsaw puzzle and then it gets handed off to the leader and he starts putting all the pieces in the middle together, and all of a sudden the picture comes into focus. Right. Once the, once the frame is there, it's almost like, oh, okay, so this one can go here, and this one can go here. Exactly. You start to meet in the example, middle. Greg will propose an idea to Bill. Bill will propose that idea to me, and then I come to you, and you and me have to create the reality on the same screen. Right. So, right. That, and that's it. That's within the layers, it's got its own. And then I take your feedback on what you guys do, and I say, okay, well, you know what? Let's push it this way, or push it this way, and all of a sudden, 
we've we've narrowed our twelve different that avenues down to that one that actually works. So I have to say, yeah, I mean, in my own personal opinion, thought provokers can increase engagement because our chief goal, once our chief goal is met, and now we're on a whole nother wavelength, right? Because thought provokers are the ones who are driving the decision making and communication process about an issue through their creative thoughts and problem solving skills. Right. So now that, you know, things are in motion now. I can't say that enough. The thought provoker gets things in motion. We get movement. We get the wheel turning. The hamster wheel in motion now. Right. And then the thought leader, Bill, boom. Well, we can't run blind. Failing the plan is planning to fail. Right. And so he organizes it, takes the controlled chaos and makes it a symphony. A, a repeatable one that we can do over and over and over and over again until we can do it without thinking, right? Because, I mean, I've said it again, I say it a million times, we don't do anything until we can't, we don't do anything until we get it right, we do it until we can't get it wrong. And the only way you can't get it wrong is once we've reached the level of mastery with said process, right? So, I mean, for me, yeah, we can, a thought provoker, we, we, we are engagement leaders. It's, it's our job. And look, I can tell you, it gets uncomfortable, right? Because a lot of times, I'm the guy, I'm the person who has to ask the, unco the uncomfortable question. I'm the one who has to position things in a very uncomfortable way. I got to be the guy who, who's not afraid to address the elephant in the room that everybody's just sitting real tight and acting like it's not there. But, you know, but my knees are touching, but there's no reason why. Right. I don't have space. I can't breathe in here. There's no reason why. Right. It gets in it. It gets you. It, and, it, and I struggle with it. Right. Because in order to really be that guy, well, there's a good chance that you're not going to be very liked. Not amongst the masses. Right. But, no, but the truth is, is that, again, um, just like I can find 100 people that can agree with me, I can find 250 that don't. If I get seven, if I get seven lawyers in a room, I get 27 different opinions. Right. So. I mean, it becomes a thing. My, my biggest fear is, for me, let's, let's provoke. It's, it's not so much if, if thought provokers can increase engagement. When we look at where the world is going today with the advancements of technology, with the cancel culture, um, with the, with the oh-woo-me's, oh, that being a thing, with the everybody being a wet blanket type of situation. We, the, I mean, the world has changed so much. And with Google, right, and Again, the robust technologies. Hey, one of the biggest tangibles of, of being a thought provoker is problem solving skills. So now I'm worried, right, for the next 25 to 50. Well, yeah, with the cancel culture coming up like that, if they don't, if they don't hear something they don't like, all of a sudden they just shut it out. Right. There, there's no problem solving. We don't, Bill, me and you see it from the talent acquisition model right now. It's the two things on a resume that is impossible, it's almost impossible for us to vet out. It's the biggest problem that we have from a talent standpoint. Critical thinking and problem solving. Always, and you, you can test for it all you want, but man, until you see it in action, you don't know what you're getting. You really don't. So if a key component of being a thought provoker is problem solving, but that skill is almost a thing of the past, we're in trouble. Y'all see how provoking works? It's going to be a lot of people who don't like that, yeah, <laughs> right? But but we we have to address it, and it's not any it's not it's it's not anything that I've done. 
Um, comedians can't be comedians anymore because if they tell the wrong joke or if they, if they have this, a sentiment about something that does not agree with PETA or anybody else, it's over now. Because the animals have more rights than the humans at this particular Absolutely. Point. I mean, comedians used to address everything that used to be considered taboo. Right. And if you guys remember, um, when Saturday Night Live first came back on the air after the uh, after the towers were hit, um, they, there, there was a question that was actually asked on Saturday Night Live. When can we be funny again? And, it, you know, that, that's, a, that's a real a real thing. If you really deeply think about it, it's a real thing. It's like, when can I be funny again? Or when can I do this again? Because now the way our society is set up, you have the cancel culture with everyone saying, you know what, if they don't, if they don't like it, I'm going to reject your reality and replace it with one of my own. It's how it goes for everybody now. And it's kind of sad because it doesn't create any kind of opinions on either side anymore. It's just, you know what, if I can get enough people to back me, done, you're done. So, Bill, how do we ever get to the problem solving if there's never any, if, if there's no real opposition because you can't? Exactly. It's like you're either in or out. Right. It's, it's a thing where you're so that's, like, that's a specific type of intelligence for the thought provoking. It's how to turn this uh, kind of cold war of a conversation back into something that's active. Right. But how, my, 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 here's my fear, AJ, for the future that thought leadership and thought. And being a thought leader and a thought provoker is getting ready to be extinct in 25 to 50 with the way that the world is going today. And without thought leadership and without thought, now we're just a bunch of puppets, right? Mm. And while everybody is fighting, you know, look on Instagram, look on, particularly speaking, Instagram. Let's look on Instagram. I use Instagram as our favorite platform. We've got a bunch of still pictures with people who took 15 minutes to come up with these amazingly deep captions from the most shallow individual on the face <laughs> of the planet. Right. Um, it, I, it, it's, it's, it's a thing, but if in, if with the cancel culture, we have to really address it. So it's either you say, look at what happened with Whoopi. Whoopi's a perfect example. And I hate to touch the Whoopi thing. And I know Bill's not going to touch it at all. Um, but look at what happened with Whoopi. It, I can't say, because this is a matter of opinion, whether what she said was, wrong or right, good or bad, but because it wasn't what they wanted her to say, it became a huge problem, right? So it, it gets hard. And without thought leaders and without thought provokers, we're, I mean, we might as, how do I say it? Well, I'm not gonna be like, this is Germany in 1942. See, that's a, that's a really tough yeah. See, that's a tough one. Yeah. This is a tough one. Yeah. It took, now we're in Germany in 1942. Yeah. And not, not, not pointing on the whole situation with Whoopi, but it, I mean, they go right, right at this particular point. It's, it's not the same approach, but it's the same result. So the same result. It, it's creating two oppositions, and only one side of that opposition has an opinion. A, a voice. And if you're not in agreement, and if you're not, if you're not uplifting their talking points, you're dead. Call your career done. You can't earn now. You shouldn't be able to earn if you don't agree with their narrative. I mean, and when we start talking about one demographic controlling the success and the earning power of another demographic, at least in our country, that's been very well documented as a bad thing. Um, without, you, we can't provoke thought. You know how scared you have to be to be a thought provoker because if you if you if you slightly tap the wrong button, 
it's over for you, right? So without problems and with problem-solving skills being a thing of the past, man, I, I don't, and I'm saying that as an executive leader because we see it in the talent pool every day. Problem-solving, <laughs> it's done now. People don't, we don't problem-solve anymore. I wish we did. Those of us who do, as a matter of fact, those of us who still problem-solve are considered to be the elite. Um, because in order to problem-solve, we have to situationally manage and critically think. Right. And if if our chief role as as thought provokers are ones who are driving direction, making decision making and communication processes about an issue through their creative thought and problem solving skills, we're in trouble. And I don't think people really realize it, which is why the time is now we have to stop. The thought leaders are the thought leaders. We have to stop focusing on that. We have to. Because what's really an endangered species is, the, one, is the, the, the group that hasn't even really gotten started yet, the thought provokers. Without provoking, there's no leadership. And we're so concerned with becoming robots and not having our say. Look at the uproar about, I'm American, you can't tell me that I have to wear a mask. We're very concerned with that, but without critical thinking and problem solving and without the thought provokers, now you're just literally being told what you, what you should believe and what you think. And you're thinking it and believing it out of fear of starvation or death to your career, right? Jeez, Bill, that really sounds remnant of something that happened in the 40s. Mm -hmm. You say this is that this cancel culture is like essentially make thought provokers extinct. How in a working environment now, a thought provoker is someone who gets heard and I'm not going to lie, Mikey, I, you know, I'm all about accountability. As, as, as in my leadership role, I have punished you for thought provoking in the past. I have punished my, my slowest for that. If, right. We, be, because it's hard. But at the same time, like, the, like we talked about before, you haven't become a thought provoker because you provided me with a problem. Bang. Just because you came to me with an issue, you haven't become a thought provoker. And, just, and my biggest thing is always... And, and me and Bill share the same sentiment about this. It's great that you brought me a problem. So let's let's elaborate on that. The Without a solution, though, what are we talking about? Why? Right. How are you here when you haven't? But you're not bringing me a solution. So you're, and I'm so big on controlling energy. So so you're just bringing me negativity. That's what you got. Exactly. That's what you brought me. It's negativity. <laughs> That's all you brought me, right? You didn't even give me a good thought. You just brought me a negative one. Greg and I have talked about that probably to endless points but you know whenever someone comes into your office and says hey, i got a problem i got a, got a problem got a problem well what's your solution for it how are you going to navigate around that problem it, i want to hear those thoughts from that person because that right there tells me that they're ready to step up in the leadership to me you're if, when you don't have a solution you're just guessing my next question is so is there actually a problem so why is that a problem? AJ, if, if your car's out of gas, how do you resolve it? Bang, right? If you're hungry, what do you do? Bang, if you need money, what do you do? Okay. Or so, deliver value. Or deliver value, right? Okay, but you, you, you see how those streamline together. So if you don't actually have any, if, if you don't have even a thought, a framework of a solution, then how did you qualify that you actually have a problem? You don't know, you're just guessing. Now, and I'm not saying that, that has to be the answer, but the fact that you don't have anything after that tells me, then how did you qualify the problem? So 
do you have a problem or is it just a, or, or, or do we have a lack there of knowledge or discomfort? You're not educated enough on the topic or you're just uncomfortable with what needs to be done. So now back to my original statement, is there actually a problem? How did you qualify a problem with no solution? There is a problem. The person in front of you. Bang. <laughs> Bang. Did they go look at the man in the mirror, take a deep breath and ask themselves, who better than you? They did not. Because if they did, they'd have an answer. And I'm not saying that the answer is the solution, but they have a framework. Without a framework, me and Bill are... Me and Bill, are, here's our favorite words that we like to put together. Due diligence. Did you do your due diligence? Did you do your due diligence? You did not. And that's, a, that's so that's, and there we go with the thought leadership. The thought leaders are the due diligent doers, right? The thought leaders, the thought provokers provoke and create the steam. The thought leaders do the due diligence and make it actionable. In my own personal opinion. So and and there's a middle ground, right? Like it almost seems like you gotta have a little bit of both. You gotta you, you like can't be one without the other. exactly. Well, you have to have the skill set, and when I say the skill set, it doesn't have to be to a level of mastery, but you need to have a, a working knowledge of both in order to truly be effective, right? So Bill can do both. I can do both. That's fact. We've proven it. We can do both. Our level of mastery, however, is in one and one. My level of mastery is in provoking, and Bill's level of mastery is in leadership. There's a, uh, what is it, like a strength in one of the two, right? It's our strong points, right? Where I, my innate is provoking. His innate is leadership. It is what, from a PI standpoint, it is who we both individually are at our best, right? Because for me, the devil's in the details, and while I can do my best to map out those details, I have a leader PI, right? And I have a doer's PI, a sales PI. So my innate abilities is in production, not mapping. Finding that big picture and then going out and driving production. And I, I'll, I'll do it anyway. doesn't matter as long as it gets done. So that doesn't always create efficiency, though. <laughs> right? And unfortunately speaking, where, where it harms the most is that nine times out of ten, it's not repeatable, meaning it's not scalable. I can't. It's something that I'm able to do, and it's a part of who I am innately. But we can't then take it and put it in a process and, and repeat it over and over again and make it palatable for everyone else. It becomes one of those things that only I can do. So now I'm pigeonholed to just that. And then you gotta, and then you got to actually kind of create a uh, roadmap that's repeatable by people of different skill sets too, because you're taking your skill set, that's which is an adaptable to everybody's skill set. So you're actually trying to make a roadmap that anybody can follow. And then sometimes it's just breaking it down by the smaller pieces so everyone can repeat a certain part of it. And then you can kind of create a bigger picture from that. Yeah, as the president of our association says, he you have to dummy-proof it. Oh, yeah. Keep it simple, stupid. Yeah. You got to kiss Keep it. it you got to kiss it to death. <laughs> right? So, I mean, so to, for me, the jury's in, right? Yes, thought provokers can increase engagement. It's what we do. We're the ones who kick off the, the, the we, we kick off that conversation. We're the ones who are, we ask the hard questions that need answers, that everyone probably wants answers to, 
It's just uncomfortable to ask. Or they didn't know they needed answers. They knew it was a problem, but they didn't know they needed answers, right? It falls on, I got this rule of thumb, and I, me and Bill talk about this rule of thumb all the time. If When we look at the overall occurrence of something, if it's happening less than 10% of the time, Bill. It's an anomaly. Bang. It doesn't, it doesn't deserve for us to, 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 to redrive any resources to resolve, right? It's kind of collateral damage. If it occurs more than 10% of the time, now we need to look at it and we need to redivert resources in order to find some form of resolution, right? Um, but again, I, I hate to do it. What scares me the most? Thought provokers are the ones who are driving the decision-making and communication process about an issue through their creative thoughts and problem-solving skills. So what does that mean when you say nobody wants to do it? Well, not a, no, it's not want to do it. They're not capable. No, because everybody wants to be liked and wants to be on the same side. And wants but, to be on the same side. And we don't solve problems anymore. That's not what we do. We cancel a problem. We ignore it. We ignore, ignore it. Ignore it. We won't. We don't try to re-educate. We don't try to educate, reinform, and then represent. Um, we don't problem solve at all. So the world is losing its visionaries. It is, because the free thinkers and the visionaries are being crucified. They're they're being hung at the cross from a professional standpoint, right? And then it trickles down to their personal lives. Look at this. Look at the stuff they get in their inboxes. Right? Oh, right? I saw a screenshot from a thought provoker. His whole family should be killed because he said something someone didn't like. Right? So now his wife is under scrutiny. She can't go to the, she's at the nail salon getting whispers, refuse service. His children, right? All of a sudden, they've been sitting at the same lunch table in the cafeteria for nine straight months, and all of a sudden, there's no chair there anymore. Right? Let the hazing start, right? Which I'm going to say it as a thought provoker. I think we've forgotten that hazing is healthy under control. Crucify me for it, but hazing is healthy because it's a healthy part of the process, the maturation process, the maturing process, the growing process. It is most certainly conditioning. It's just yeah. like just like the uh, every kid doesn't get a trophy kind of thing, you know? And Bill, you know, I got crucified for that as a soccer dad. <laughs> You know, it doesn't teach anybody they have to earn anything anymore. You know, everyone has to actually put in maximum effort to get maximum results. Why, Bill? Because we're all winners. No, we're not. And the truth is, is that if we were all winners, the ecosystem of life would be completely disrupted. It can be no completely out of balance. There's out no balance. balance. And you, as a, look, I've been there as a dad. You're not, there's no trophy to take home, honey. Everybody's getting a trophy. I don't care what everybody else is getting. Trophies are for winners. Did you win? No, you did not win. You know what you get? A hug and then some skill training for next season. Right? That's what you work get. Harder. We're gonna do work harder. Do something. Harder. You know what you get? We're, no, we're not going to have a pizza party. You know what we're going to do? We're going to order some pizza and now we're going to go. I'm going to sit with you. Take that time. Let's watch some footage. Let's walk through it. No, they didn't. Right. Your boy Burroughs. I mean, he didn't win. He didn't win just this past Sunday. Okay, but it's the championship. It's the Super Bowl. Ain't no, there's no second runner-up trophy. No ring. No ring. Think, think about over the past 72 hours. How much press coverage have you got? You get none. You lost. 
Doesn't matter if he's going to Disney World or not. However, you know what? <laughs> Instead of super, I, here's what I would have liked to see. Less, this would have changed my whole thought process, even for that situation. Here's the question. So did he go to Super Bowl parties around Los Angeles or did he go home and watch footage? He went straight, he went straight back. On that flight, when he got home, did he go home and go to sleep or did he have his mamba mentality? Did he stay up for two days straight and watch the footage over and over and over again? Could have done this, could have done that. Could have done this, could have done that. Now, the could have is a sentiment. However, here's what we do know. That's where greatness starts. That's where greatness starts. And that drive, finding that me. drive. I think it's really interesting that Bill brought up the whole, uh, you know, generation of giving uh, participation awards and all that. That's that's killing that drive. It's It doesn't matter if I take action or not. I'm going to get something. And, you know, it kind of, it kills from the... And the side thing to that is you lose individuality because everyone's the same then. But, we're, but, there's, but, there, but this isn't a utopian society, unfortunately. Right. We are, we're not. We could talk about societies where things like that happen. I'll get canceled if I do. So that's another time. We don't we don't always speak in English, <laughs> English. <laughs> if we just, are that. It's a give and take. It's a you give and take. You can't have. <clears throat> it's just like. And here's the truth for the ecosystem of life. Not everybody is meant to be an entrepreneur. They're going to be workers. They're going to be leaders. They're going to be doers. As a matter of fact, down to. The unemployed and homeless people, unfortunately speaking, they serve a purpose in the ecosystem of life. They're valuable. And, and listen, without those roles, it would interrupt the ecosystem. It, one, it just, it would. It gives drives to others. 110%. Yeah. 110%. Right. Yeah, definitely. Stuff full circle. There's so many people that, you know, and they have to pass them. through something like that to actually get the drive. Yeah. But it's all a part of it. Everybody always says, oh, you know, well, everybody wants to be an entrepreneur one day. Well, if everybody's entrepreneurs, then how is the work getting done? If everybody's the, if everybody's the manager, no, you guys know in our business, nobody wants to get on the phone. Everybody wants to manage something. But what do you manage what? Right. And that's another thing, the whole... And is it for you? Because how many times have we seen people peter out? That goes to show you that in the ecosystem, not everyone is everything. There are some people, right, that at their best, they're never going to be great. They're, they'd never be great if all they stayed was a worker bee. Not be, but I, I'm a strong believer that you got to be a worker bee to be a leader. You can't go, there's no, it, it just doesn't work in reverse. You know, like the five, five, six, two, two, three thing. If it's chambered in five, five, six, it can shoot two, two, three. But if it's chambered in two, two, three, it most certainly cannot shoot five, five, six. It works one way, right? So we need it. Just like we need the, just like I need a chief operating officer, I need an admin. Just like I need an admin, I need a sales associate. Just like I need a sales associate. You know what I mean? I, I need a shipping clerk. And I don't need everybody to ascend to my seat. There are going to be some individuals that the ascension to my seat can hurt them, not help them. Oh, it will, 110%. We've seen it before. So we all have a role in life, but we also live in a role society. So there goes another problem, right? So we can, we can spill this all over today, but yes, the answer, Durian, can thought provokers increase engagement? 110%. Do we have a problem? That's their purpose. But 
are we do we have to address the elephant in the room that they're getting ready to be endangered and soon to be extinct? I hope not. I personally think it'll come. I, I personally think that's wishful thinking, but I'm with you, Mikey. <laughs> but I'm with you, Mikey, because in the past 92 hours, look at how many people got hung to the cross for thought provoking. Yeah, but then you have men like men like us, for example, that will raise their kids with the same mentality. We will. And you would hope that that will always continue to happen, unless some outside force dies. So that's what I mean when I say essentially it can possibly. Well, yes, but in order for us to effectively do that, Mikey, we, we have to keep something in perspective. The roles would have to be a thing and we're moving to a roleless society. So yeah, how? Exactly. This seems almost like a, like a juxtaposition. It's, it's like paradox. one causes the other. Yes, if more that. people think like Mikey, you might be right, Greg. But if more people think like you, Mikey might be right. So we'll have do to you see, see what I'm saying? So if more people think... Oh, we don't have to worry about this. It'll come it'll come to resolution. It's coming to its own resolution. That's the very thought that leads to it not resolving. That sounds like Schrodinger's cat. Right. <laughs> it, 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 it is. But we I mean, we're not talking about it and the conversation needs to be had because we need to find a way to resolve it. And we gotta get all parties in a room and get it figured out. Including Dave Chappelle. We gotta get all parties in a room, all the stakeholders in a room and get it figured out. Because thought provokers are on their way to being extinct because they thought the thought provokers have almost, I mean, we're being murdered in a rapid rate. It's almost a genocide at this point. And we have to look at the domino effect and the residuals of what comes behind that once, once that's done, because forbid that I ask a question that poses a thought against a movement that's already steamrolled or even present a question that challenges them to get better. It doesn't even have to present opposition. It could be a question that simply challenges them to get better or do more. I'm done. Right? Because the minions will come. They have a cult-like following now because we don't problem, right? The power, because we don't critically think and problem solve anymore. We don't, you're crucified now for individual thought. Everything is becoming gray. So everything is gray. So a thought-provoking thing is like They do. They do. So in true thought-provoker fashion, the conversation needs to be had about how we're going to stop the extinction of the thought-provoker. Because if we stop, if the, if they, if the, if that, if we don't stop it, and that the extinction actually occurs. The thought leaders are next. We saw what happened when you read all the leaders. History's played itself out several times that way. What happened when we rid ourselves of all both sets of leaders? And things become, what's that word I'm looking for? Uh, built absolute. I was thinking dictatorship. But, uh, you, know. you said it, not me. <laughs> so I, I look, guys, I, 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 to everybody tuning in to this podcast, I, I'll say this. Whenever you get a minute, I want you to go in the bathroom and close the door behind you and lock it. I want you to take a deep breath and look that man in the mirror and ask yourself, who's better than you? And then after you, ask, uh, after you answer that question, I want you to ask yourself one more question. Is the extinction inevitable of the thought provoker? I want to thank you guys for tuning into the Who Better Than You podcast. Again, this is episode 003. My name is Greg Robinson. 
Bill Schultz, thank you for joining us today and giving us that insight. Got Mikey Garcia back here. And I got AJ on the ones and twos. Until next time, guys, sign it out. Who better than you?